Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I'm broadcasting on location today. The Nebraska Cattlemen hosting their mid-year event that is taking place out in North Platte. A lot of optimism, a lot of excitement about the rains that have been received, how some of these uh, pastures are looking. We'll talk more about that. We'll also talk about the fact we saw some early cash taking place this week. But if you look at the screen, there's not a lot to be happy about. A lot of negativity on our livestock side. Flip the page, though, to what's happening on the grain complex. Higher numbers, even though we saw some softer export numbers coming out earlier today. There is still a lot of talk about what's going to happen. Weather model, I think this may be overtaking, as we'll talk more about uh, the WASI report that is due out tomorrow as well. Lots to look at in today's report as we get the conversation started with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle, of course, with Allendale. And we got to start out talking about this livestock, Kyle, because, I mean, the cattle move is there. Is there a short-term downtrend going? I mean, I know last week was really good, but we've had a little bit of negativity going on this week. Well, let's try to, first of all, thanks for having me back. And, uh, yeah, last couple of days, uh, yesterday, Wednesday was the day that uh, – uh, kind of stuck sticks out right there on the chart. Um, key reversal, yes, no, maybe. Um, when we've seen reversals happen before on this uh, rally here in the cattle and feeder cattle complex, they've been negated uh, either the next session or a couple sessions after. So uh, yesterday was definitely a warning sign here. We had uh, heavier volume and higher open interest on the down day. We gapped higher in this live cattle complex. And we closed lower. We made uh, we closed in the new four-day lows here yesterday, and we made a new four-day low here again today in this uh, uh, live and feeder cattle complex. So the, the question is, have we seen a short-term top? And, and it is a good, strong possibility that we have. So um, I, I'm, it's too early to call that yet, but uh, it does look like we've seen a short-term top here in this live and feeder cattle complex, and rightfully so. Uh, we've seen these non-commercials here, which look to be mostly non-commercial movement yesterday and today. They've got a pretty sizable long in this uh, complex here as seen by the last week's commitments to traders. And I think they're probably going to show another sizable long here tomorrow uh, when uh, that report comes out here after the close. So uh, looking at it in nature today, yesterday, um, and today looks to be non-commercial, mostly selling here because as we saw this uh, thing under pressure here, both live and feeder cattle, we saw the spreads make new highs, new highs for the move. Uh, some of them are getting back up towards their uh, old highs here, like this June-August live cattle spread here. Got up uh, a little over 8 bucks here. I believe it was back in 2017, somewhere back in there, and we're up to six, uh, 670 here at today's highs. So it tells me as the non-commercials were getting out, the commercials were buying and taking some coverage out here in both the live cattle and feeder cattle side of things. So uh, it looks to me like the commercials are fairly confident that this cash market's going to stay somewhat uh, – you know, stable in here the way it looks, but uh, the non-commercials are just hitting the exit button, taking some profit. So were you surprised by the early cash that we saw this week? Not really. Uh, box beef has been a pretty good driver here. Uh, we've seen this thing, uh, box beef market just go up in leaps and bounds here, and so it's given the packers some extra ammo here. They've gotten some extra cash around them there that they can throw at the market here to, to get some uh, inventory procured here. And, uh, you know, we've been they've been kind of cutting kills here, and I think that's been driving this box beef market, giving them that ammo. So really need to watch those slaughter numbers here moving forward here. If they start to get some supply around them, they might, uh, you know, ramp that slaughter back up, and that might uh, push that box beef market back down just a little bit. Well, I know that there's been um, the talk and kind of the little rumbles here and there about uh, maybe seeing some pa- a pullback, shall we say, uh, when it comes to procurement and processing on the Packers. But it's kind of gotten quiet once again. So you think they may have found a kind of a level playing field right now? It's possible, yeah. It, it is possible. I think the feed yards are still carrying a little bit of leverage out there. I know uh, a lot of folks, uh, you know, 
we saw $300 dress trade here this week, some a little bit over $300. We saw $185 in uh, Texas here and Kansas here, and they started out with bids of $181, $182 early, and we started, and now we're finishing up the day here on $185 in Kansas and Texas. So it tells me the feed yard's got a little bit of leverage, and the packer wants to keep that margin going that they've got. They're, they're still making some money, and uh, they want to kill cattle, and they want to make money. And that's what it looks like we're doing here. So it looks like the feed yard still got a little bit of leverage here, or it has some leverage here uh, versus the packer. All right. What about these hogs? I mean, man, I thought we were going to get some some beautiful movement going for them, but that didn't last long either. Yeah, hogs hogs have been a very tough market here the last six eight weeks here, and it looks like it that uh, continuation here. I don't know as we've uh, seen a bottom, but the weekly charts are looking a little bit better here. We're up for the week here in this uh, June complex. Of course, we're still sitting here susceptible to the golden roll here. They're getting out of the uh, July contract and moving to the deferreds. And uh, that July contract right now for the week is up $2.55. It looks like there's still some more upside coming on that weekly chart. But uh, the daily chart, that thing is just a mess right now. So it wouldn't surprise me if hogs come in here and are 300 points higher tomorrow. And it's definitely not going to surprise me if they're 300 points lower here finishing out the week. That's just the way this hog market's been trading in nature. And most of this happened here, you know, obviously with the bank liquidation uh, issue starting here a couple of months ago. And then this Prop 12. And I think this market's still somewhat trying to digest that uh, information, you know, as far as how this thing is going to move forward here as far as this Prop 12. But recently here we've seen the cutout here is, has been uh, taking off some gains as well. So there's really not a lot of bearishness when it comes to wholesale pork. In fact, when you look at pork versus beef, pork is a little bit cheaper uh, to the consumer, you know, cash-wise. Uh, I'm not, you know, going to break it down into ounces or pounds-wise, but uh, cash-wise they look at it and, well, pork's getting cheaper, so there is getting to be some more pork picked up here by the households. Well, let's talk about the fact, though, that export numbers, that that's a bright spot in this pork industry. It has been that ex- <clears throat> excuse me, exports continue to pick up and, and China come in to be one of the largest buyers in this last week. Yeah, they were, and uh, rightfully so. Their sow herd's been uh, kind of dwindling, or they've been culling out of their sow herd as well, too, but we've also been culling out of our sow herd. So, you know, eventually that's going to get worked into the system here where we don't have the sows out there, just kind of like over on the beef side of things. We don't have the cows. We keep killing cows, and and uh, at some point in time when we start to retain uh, gilts, uh, you know, for the breeding herd again, that's when we'll start to see that the, the wholesale pork market should pick up and you know the procurement there we're going to have less hogs and uh, and less breeding hogs in the herd so you know it's going to trickle over like the cattle thing is doing here where we've got less cows out there so there's going to be less calves coming to market all right well stick around folks we do have a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the fontanelle final bell we'll talk about this wazi report that's due out tomorrow but question is is the clouds the cloud being the weather models is that going to weigh in on what we see in this trade moving forward more is coming up it's the fontanelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 bear seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle, of course, with Allendale. I mentioned that I'm at the Nebraska Cattlemen's Mid-Year Conference, Kyle, and uh, continue to hear comments from, from folks. You and I talked about this before the show started, that we've got some decent grass out there. Some As they put these cows and heifers out to grass, it's nice to see some good grass because the fact that hay is over $200 a ton, but that just adds to the pressures what we might see in this cattle market moving forward. 
Well, that's right. It does, Susan. And, uh, I mean, as far as uh, moving forward here in the cattle complex here, if we've got grass, there's going to be a demand for grass cattle. And uh, I think we're seeing a lot of that here uh, up in the northern plains. You know, people got some good grass here. Now they're starting to get some better grass down there in the southern plains as well, too. But, uh, you know, uh, with the weather situation they're having with the flooding and whatnot, it's been tough to get cattle moved around down there. So I think that the, the feed issue is still an issue here that we have to deal with here uh, local, or in central Nebraska and Nebraska and uh, the southern plains as well, too, because a lot, there's not a lot of hay in our stackyards. And uh, so that's going to be an issue. I think some of this ground here uh, is going to get taken out of row crop production here just to put forage cane on or forage of any kind here uh, so that they've got something to put in the stackyard here moving forward here to get through the fall and winter. So that could, uh, I don't know if it's going to have a huge effect on, uh, you know, our row crop situation as far as uh, corn and soybean acres. I, I don't know if it's going to be enough to really affect that. But uh, moving forward here at that WASD report here at the end of the week here on Friday, I think they're going to trade that for maybe five minutes and it's back to the next weather model. And we're just looking weather model to weather model right now. And we're in a weather market. Um, if you want to get technical with it, we've been in a weather market for quite a while here, this September versus December corn spread. That thing has uh, virtually cratered here uh, since about the, I don't know, the middle of April here. And we got the corn planters rolling, uh, rolling hard. And that uh, spread t tells me that uh, a lot of corn got planted. A lot of corn got planted early. And uh, so it's probably forced us into a weather market just a little bit earlier as well. A lot of folks saying too the fact that if you've got irrigation, obviously you're gonna you're gonna do okay. But for these dryland farmers across the Upper Midwest, um, it's not just Nebraska that's having to deal with this weather. That's correct. Um, yes, we have irrigation. Yes, irrigation here does work, and and uh, the dryland does suffer. But uh, some of these crops can go a long time without water as we've uh, as we all know here in nebraska and in central nebraska of course your dry land corners can hang on longer than you think and uh, the eastern corn belt right now i i know that that ground over there is suffering um they are drier over there they don't have the irrigation like we do but uh even here in nebraska there's places down here where uh, i was talking to some producers here at a ball game last night they're running pivots down there in the southwestern part of the state and it's very early to be irrigating corn this time of year if you're irrigating corn this time of year which we were last year it gets to be a long summer and you pump a lot of water and i think that's what a lot of people are faced with here and if uh, you're over that eastern corn belt you've been pumping water for a while and it's probably going to stay that way because until this weather pattern changes and you start getting some moisture back in your atmosphere i think that it's going to be a little bit here uh, it is going to take a while to get this thing back prime now it's going to take that one rain event going home on a Friday that has, you know, a 20% chance. And all of a sudden by Saturday night, these areas in the Eastern Corn Belt are inundated with an inch, inch and a half of rain. That's what's probably going to force this market lower. But December corn, when you look at it from a technical standpoint here, does have a technical upside target somewhere between 565 and 585, maybe $6. Um, and that's going to get us close up there where that spring crop insurance price was. I mean, you could argue both ways. Some years we, most years we get back up there. Some years we haven't gotten back to spring insurance price. But uh, looking from a technical standpoint, there is a possibility here. We are in a short-term downtrend in our daily chart here as far as corn goes. Our intermediate-term uh, trend has turned higher. And uh, we could probably get one, maybe two more weeks out of that. And we uh, maybe make a check back towards $5 in December corn. And then we see if it's going to hold, and then we make a you know, rally after that. That's what the waves would maybe count for there. No surprise, we also have softer export sales for both corn and beans taking place. Yeah, I, I think the USDA, and, and we all know that the exports uh, have been poor uh, with the prices that they got here last year and the prices that we saw. We kind of priced ourselves out of the market. South America's got a decent-sized crop. We're importing soybeans here in the U.S., which is actually interesting because uh, – 
that says to me we've got some demand for products like meal and oil and uh, the meal crush here. The, the, the crushers are making some money, so they're wanting to try to keep that margin going, so they're importing soybeans there. We still got some good ethanol demand here. We still got some cattle on feed. And we still got hogs on feed as well, too. So uh, exports is one leg of the, of the three legs of demand we have. We've lost that pretty much. But uh, you know, we'll find an equilibrium here if we do have some crop problems here in the U.S. And uh, if we do have some crop problems moving forward here in the south, you know, southern hemisphere, uh, we could see this uh, demand start to pick back up, but we have not seen it yet. And and looking at the fact that uh, winter wheat, obviously we know weather's been an issue, but now they're starting to talk about it for the spring wheat crop as well. Yeah, I've I've heard both sides. I've heard, uh, you know, the spring wheat as far as the eastern half of South Dakota, they've been very, very dry up there and parts of North Dakota getting dried out there too. So uh, that's, a, that's a good question there. But the spreads are still inverted. Spreads still look strong. The basis is still strong for Kansas City and uh, Minneapolis wheat as well. So it says there's an underlying, uh, there, there's some underlying support down there. All right, sounds good, Kyle. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.